0: I want to talk to you about the cost of power. So when we want to walk in these things and we want to move in these things and we want to see our families saved and delivered and friends and community touched, we, we want uh, our bodies healed and delivered. Just like Sherry, Miss Sherry's out this weekend, but she was diagnosed with lupus about a month ago and I prayed for her on the second row during worship. And she just got a report. That she went back and she gave her testimony last week. She went back, and they said, "Well, we got to do four different tests to find out. There's four different kinds of lupus. You definitely have lupus. We see it in your, you know, all your joints and stuff. And we diagnosed that. We just got to know the best way to treat you. So they test. So, so they test her. Well, when she come back, they said, "Well, this is kind of weird. We test you and knew you had lupus and double checked it. But then we were testing you this last time a month later, just to find out which type of lupus." But we're kind of baffled because there is no lupus. I said, There is no lupus. That's, that's a lady took an offering up a few weeks ago. That's a lady sits right here normally where many in and them are. Pam's husband had deafness and ringing in his ear since he was young. And I was praying for someone's ear, and he was sitting back there near him. And, and before God even opened that person's ear, he opened David's ear. He's a medical doctor. He does surgeries. I mean, it's harder. You know how it's harder for you to pray for a family member because they know all your junk and you know all their junk and blah, blah, blah. Imagine how hard it is to pray for a healing if you're a surgeon. I mean, you think of all the different 400 different things it could be. But God. God. But see, David is a difference maker. He's constantly ministering, reaching out, loving people, touching, because he's been like me, forgiven of much. Amen. Amen. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Can anybody say yes? Jesus. I got to have me a ham and organ. Somebody's got to buy a ham and organ for this place. (laughs) Then we got to believe for somebody to play it. But I had one that got away about four years ago, and I've regretted it every day. I'm serious. Somebody needs to go find one and buy it. Don't buy junk. We don't like junk. Hallelujah. I'm just just tweaking something. Don't get nervous. It's not my first day. You know, I love, you know, a lot of people don't like getting older. But it does give you some privilege. (laughs) Because if nothing else, they'll just shake their head at you like, ah, whatever. You know Amen. But I am young in the natural. I'm just old in the spirit. Praise God. Everybody say the cost of power. power. Let me tell you what's getting ready to happen to you, sir. Let me tell you what's getting ready to happen to you, ma'am. You think this is okay for other people, you're going to be the very one that gets set free of something you've had hidden so long in your heart and mind you've forgotten about. But today is your day not just for the obvious ones jumping and shouting and screaming or the smart ones, but the obvious ones. But so many times, what has bound us is deep inside us. Sometimes even before we have memories, happened when we were young and so on. And we push it aside. And I get, you can't always focus on what's broken and missing, man. You'll be depressed and crazy and everything else. You gotta focus on, you know, the future, what God has for you, what's best for you. Hallelujah. So the scripture this year is Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21. And it says, now to him who is able. Who's him? Jesus. What's able mean? It's a root word of ability. Ability is one of the Hebrew, English word for the Hebrew word anointing. Now to him who is able to do what? Abundantly. Above what? All we. So if I'm not thinking big enough, I'm not asking big enough. Hmm. So we got to change our thinking. According to what? The power that works where? Now, look at this to whom it was able, which is Jesus, which is God, to do what? Exceedingly above. Abundantly, all that we ask or think, we would think according to God, right? That's the way we, we uh, theoretically think it, in the theoretical terms. Yeah, we say, it's us, Lord, and we got to believe, and we got to get an anointing, get the word, and pray, and fast, do all this stuff. Da-da-da-da. But until your thinking changes, you know, it's like having a water hose fighting a 10-story fire because you're just going to be missing all the time. But once you get your thinking right, then the force of what you believe, the force of now what you know, not just know about, it releases trust in God. When you get trust in God, see, faith, you hear me say for years, is knowing and trusting God, right? But see, it's easy to know and trust God But what's difficult is knowing and trusting God's ability in me. I don't get anything for knowing and trusting God. There's people not even saved that know and trust God. But it won't get them to heaven. And it won't get them free. When you know and trust God, it's beyond you knowing and trusting him. It's truly what it means is you're knowing and trusting God what he is, who he is, and what he can do through you. So if nothing comes through me, nothing's going to get done. Let that settle. No, it's a heavy revy. Just let it settle. Now, when that happens, when his power, Paul, works in us, what does it do? It reflects. Genesis 1 says, well, we were created in the image and likeness of God. He created them, both male and female, put them into dominion of the earth. Fish, sea, the fowl there, and everything that creeps on the earth. He sent them forward to uh, take over, whatever it's called. The word to have dominion. So what is it? Image is the same word for imagio, which is reflection or mirror. God's whole purpose is to get you back to the first three chapters of Genesis, really the first two chapters of Genesis. That's his whole goal. All this stuff is to get you back to before Adam and Eve messed everything up. So when he, I trust him that his power is greater than my unbelief, remember the, the one that came to Christ with his son, right? Right? And the disciples had been out healing the sick and doing all this stuff, but they couldn't heal his son who would have epileptic fits and other kinds of fits and be, throw himself in the fire, and the father didn't know what to do. The disciples were getting all these results, praying for crippled people, sick, blind people, but their prayers had no effect on his son. And he brought his son to Jesus, remember that, in Matthew's gospel, and said, Master, my son throws himself in a fire, and, and, and something's going on, I don't know what it is, and we've done everything we know to do. Even your disciples could not help him. Can you help him? And Jesus asked him if he believed. Do you have faith? He didn't say, no, I don't have faith, because he trusted God more than that. So he didn't get that. He didn't say, no, I don't have faith. He said what? Help my unbelief. Sometimes you just got to hang on to a thread and say, God, I know I'm goofy and weird and I'm missing it and and I'm for you and against you all the time, but just help my unbelief. Just be truthful with God and his truth can operate in your life. And when he did, then Jesus looked at his disciples and everybody else but his preacher boys and said, oh, you unbelieving foolish generation, something like that. I mean, they're like, whoo. Then he prayed, and within the hour, the boy was totally healed. In an entry, sometimes it even took an hour for Jesus' anointing to work. And you wanted it yesterday. Anyway. Think about this. Then they got Jesus off to the side after everything was done and said, uh, Master, what's up with this? Why didn't he get healed and the demons and all that stuff come out when we prayed? Jesus said, some things only come out, you know, faith and prayer works, but some only come out through prayer and fasting. Ah, yeah, because Jesus constantly lived a fasted lifestyle and a lifestyle of prayer. What is prayer? Communion and conversing with, asking and receiving from God. Now, look at us. So when we do that, we become a reflection, a difference maker, right? A reflection, the imagio, the image of God, the power that works in us. When we use it, it didn't say the power that's in us. The word works is a Greek word called energio, energio, it's like three words in one, energio, and what's it mean? It means to act in, to work, to move, to come. It's like yeast in bread that causes, it, it works the bread and that dough would just be flat. But you get that yeast in there and it works it. You know, it's like my mom tried to teach people how to fix homemade biscuits. And I remember one of my sisters, she went and got the wrong kind of flour. It didn't have the yeast thing. Where, well, honey, that's why they're flat. It got to have the one that's got yeast in it. And it causes it what? To rise. Now, so what we want is his power, dunamis power, power like a dynamo, power like dynamite, breaking loose, building up, restoring, working where? In us. That's why the kingdom is a kingdom of sowing and reaping. It's not just about money. It's sowing and reaping in anything, relationship, finances. If you want to keep a friend for life, you know how you do it. It's not real hard. Treat them the same way five years, 10, 15 years ago in the future, just the way you did the first week you become a friend. They'll never leave. Hmm. Now to him, who's him? Him, what? That changed his thinking. Him, that allows the power of God to work in himself and works it, to him be glory. Glory, doxa. God made visible, God seen, God present. In other words, it works in us to him be glory. In other words, we became a mirror, a reflection. And whenever, like whenever Jesus did works, even though we have the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they each have their own role. When Jesus came down as a man, in Philippians, it tells us about how he became down as a man. And he became a man. He's still 100% God, 100% man, but he was operating as a man to restore us back. And as he was doing that, um, I lost my train of thought. It'll come back. I'm young and blessed, amen. I got a great memory, hallelujah. So to him be glory. Where, where is that glory? Where is that doxa? Where is that presence? Where, oh, I know what it was. If you wanted to know God, All you gotta do is see what Jesus loved and what Jesus hated. Jesus was basically operating as God with skin on him. But he wasn't operating in his priestly authority at that time. (laughs) He wasn't operating as Jesus, the Lord, the Son of God at that time. He could not operate as Lord and Savior until he resurrected. So right now, he's operating as a man with God in him. In other words, he was operating with the same anointing, the same spirit that came upon the believers, that same anointing. He wasn't operating as Jesus. He was operating as a son, the firstborn among many brethren. Well, God is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and ending. He always was, always is, always will be. So there's no born to God. So if he had to be born, then he would have been Alpha, the beginning. Is this too deep? Are you stuck? Is this helping you? Just trying to get a revelation in you because you're not going to go beyond the revelation you have. None of us did. So, what happens here, man, I thought I was going to get in. This is the opening verse I was going to say real quick because I got a whole thing to share with you. But God, Facebook, there you go, Mark. To him, what? Be glory where? In the church. In other words, I got a message on politics. I'm going to rock your freaking world. And if I said freaking in it, messed you up. It's really going to get you good. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Hallelujah. And it's not, are you this or are you that? I'm going to teach you who the heck you really are and what your role is in this earth. You won't get caught up in fear because everything, independent, Democrat, Republican, in-betweens want to, could be almost all of them sell fear. And I don't, I don't discredit them. They're smart business people. We've received fear so well, they're stupid. Anybody tries to peddle good, doesn't make it. You ever think about that? So if they're peddling fear and you're fighting and defending fear, you can't be in your role. And you know what? You can't do the first word in our mission statement. You can't allow people to belong because they don't believe just like you believe. How could they not believe like I believe and be a Christian? You might want to check yourself there. (laughs) I got some scripture for that. Say, he's got some scripture for that. Anyway, I'm just heavy meddling right now. I'm just ahead of the devil, that's all. In the church, where we're to reflect who? God in the church. That's why the highest priority I have as a pastor is not to fill the altars with salvation, but is to keep unity in the house. If I can oversee and keep unity in the house, the altars will stay full because everybody be functioning the way they should function. To him, beware, glory to church. By then you get the working of Jesus Christ to what? All generations forever. That means us. Say that means me. Now, let me get to where I wanted to get. My goodness, I'll take a few minutes on this. I taught you three things over the last couple of weeks that would help you to, to walk in your inheritance in God and all that. And today I want to take a few minutes to teach you about how to walk, how to release that power. But the key ties into this, Mark. God showed me this. Number four, I never did get to, but I'm going to get to the fourth thing. So it was faith. It was love, not just out of pretense or out of theory, but love through works. Uh, and it was identity, to know your identity in Christ. The fourth one is we must live into our messianic order of anointing. Big words, right? Messianic order of anointing. We gotta live into that. Because if we understand faith, love, and our identity as sons and daughters of God, guess what happens? Now we are open and have enough uh, about us maturity to receive the revelation of the messianic order of anointing. <laughs> yeah. So when you see there, To him be glory, who? God the Father, in the church, by who? Jesus, Christ, Christos, the anointed one. In the church, to who? Us, all generations forever and ever. So to be a difference maker, to be a child of God the way God wants us to be, every one of us have got to constantly be showing God through us to others. Now, to do that, we need to get a revelation, a revealing, a uncovering of the place that we set in the messianic order, the Messiah order. Obviously, there's one Jesus, the firstborn, the Messiah. He's the Messiah, but we're little messiahs. He's the Christ. The Bible teaches us in the Greek, we're little Christ. We're little brothers and sisters. He's the big God, we're under him. We're following his cue. What we've been operating is... Under is the, the first church act whenever people get lives to the Lord, they waited in a upper room, and what happened? The Holy Spirit showed up and they were baptized, right? In the Holy Ghost. That's when the paracletos came alongside us, in us, not the Spirit, Jesus said. John's Gospel says, John 14, 12, Whoever believes on me is he, whoever's in here. Wow, too, man. I got some work to do. Any whoever's, any whosoever's in here today. If you believe on him. Now, isn't it interesting? He doesn't say whoever believes in me. Because a lot of people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe on him. Because believe is what, a verb, action? It's one thing if I believe in the Dallas Cowboys, which I don't. But I'm doing that for Sean since he's not here. Somebody tell him I actually bragged on the Cowboys. If I believe in the Dallas Cowboys to win a Super Bowl, which they're not there, <laughs> I hate that. Uh, it's different than me believing on them because I'm taking my money and putting it on them. If I believe on them, I'm putting a bet on them, right? You've Louisiana, Jim. You know about that, right? Put a bet on them, right? So I'm putting a bet. I'm placing an investment. On him. See, a lot of people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe on him. And we hold back parts of our glory. We hold back parts of our influence. We hold back parts of our attitude and belief systems and knowledge and effort and work for him. We hold parts back. But we want him to give us everything. But what are we truly giving him? Because he wants to. Invest in you fully, but he can't do it because he's restricted by what his father set up through the word. Everybody say messianic order. Now, so whoever believes on me, Jesus said, the works that I do, what? They shall do also. Dude, that's bigger than getting rid of a headache. That's that's bigger than getting rid of cancer in your body. That's changing a world. That's turning a world upside down. A messianic order of anointing. Whosoever believes on me, the works I do, they shall do also. And what greater works than these shall they do? I'm getting ready to rock you. Look at your neighbor. You're getting ready to rock you. Hope to see you here again sometime. Don't say. Don't be afraid, he's pretty good. I love those commercials. Well, how do you think? I'm okay. <laughs> okay, not just okay. Okay is not just good enough, right? So here's the key. There's a messianic order of anointing. Jesus is number uno, right, one, right? But there is an order of priests and an order under him. Just like Melchizedek was the head priest, right? And John 4, 12 tells us what our messianic leader, Lord and Savior is, right? And what he's about. So the spirit, let me help you here now. Here's where we jump everything in together. The spirit of Christ, Christos, the anointed one, is not the Holy Spirit. The Christ, the Christos, the anointed one, is a person just like the Holy Spirit is a person, but they're not the same person. They work together. The Spirit of Christ is different than the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. You and I, since Acts 2, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, everyone's saved and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us. Well, by grace, through faith, we are saved, Roman 10 tells us. We believe in our heart, confess our mouth, we are saved, and the Holy Spirit is, obeys those words of God and comes and lives in you and makes you, you're born again. But when you get the power on you, the Bible says the power comes in Acts 2 when you're what, immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's very powerful. I mean, just think of the day of Pentecost, 3,000 got saved and baptized that day, and think of the great booze, and this is where we're at today, So the church has been operating under and through the Holy Spirit because Jesus said in Acts 1, don't be afraid. They were getting ready to, he had a church split, 500 there, and only 120 made it. And and he was ascending to heaven to go back to his father, and they were yelling and screaming, why are you leaving again? What are we supposed to do? You just came back for 40 days preaching. After you rose from the dead. how are we? They're going to kill us. What are we going to do? They're just going through all this fear. And then two angels, men from Galilee that were angels, came and said, don't be concerned. He's going to come back just in like manner as he left. But he told him as he's getting ready to ascend, he said, don't don't be concerned. I'm leaving the parakletos with you. What's that? The Holy Spirit, the comforter. In other words, you're not going to be like the prophets of old when the Holy Spirit just came on them and they prophesied. He, one one of the triad of the Godhead is going to live in you. And we've been operating in that anointing. But in the end time, God's got to ramp it up to another level. Now, not only do you have the Word and the Holy Spirit, but we're going to find out in this end time, God's got to establish the body of Christ in his messianic anointing. So it's going to, in other words, to bring this crazy world back to God, it's going to take more than just one part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. It's going to take the Spirit of Christ along with Holy Spirit. See, i do that because I didn't get goosebumps. I just get excited because I know something that you're getting ready to learn. Now, some of you may know it more than me. That's fine. Teach me. But anyway, so just think about the anointing and the power you've been operating in your life. And we haven't even tapped into 1% truly of what the Holy Spirit could do. God loves us so much. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I, now, I'm going to release the spirit of my son back on you with the Holy Ghost. That's what the messianic order is. It's what ordination is. God ordains things and sets it in order and into action. Order means accurate arrangement of things. So the spirit of Christ is not the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, but it's pointing to a time of his spirit, the Christ spirit released on the body at the end time, in the end times. But God's not coming back for a messed up church. He's come back for a church without spot or blemish. How have we done for a little over 2,000 years with the power of the Holy Spirit? We haven't done him justice, that's for sure. So God said, I already knew He was going to be that way. So I got a plan. What I'm going to do now No longer is it going to just be the spirit of Christ sitting at the throne. He'll always be at the throne. But I'm going to release the anointing of Christ through his spirit and team it up with the Holy Spirit in this end time. That's when you'll start walking into the greater anointing. That's when you start walking into greater works that I've done, then then you'll do greater than these. That's when that's all going to take place. How do we get there? Gosh, I didn't even touch it. Let me me jump down here real quick. Let's talk about the cost of power for just about, what time is it? Because I've got to give you fasting. Five minutes or at the most. Is it okay if I take another? What's the capital cost of power? The capital that it takes to get your power, the cost of it, is two things. It's prayer and fasting. So if you don't have an appetite for fasting, you are not looking for empowerment. Empowerment does not come without sacrifice. Empowerment does not come without putting your flesh under. Fasting is not to suffer and it's not to get something. Really, we can designate things as we go into our fast, but really be open. You want to find out things you don't know yet that will help you get what you've been believing. So don't said oh I got to have this certain thing that I get when I fast. No, you 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 can have things that are prayer focuses to an extent, but remember what you don't know yet is going to be greater than that thing you're focusing on. That's what fasting. Fasting is to get your natural mind and flesh calmed down so the spirit who is king or should be king can rise up to his rightful place. You are you are a spirit. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and it lives in a body. You're a three-part being. The way God set it up, spirit is supposed to be king, your human spirit. Your soul is supposed to be its servant. And the body is supposed to be the place where it's housed or protected. So what I want you to realize is that fasting helps you to get your spirit man back up here in communication and in the place on the throne where God can work with it. He can't work with it if you got it hid out way deep down in there and it's ears and eyes, your spiritual ears and eyes are not seeing or hearing. He can't communicate with you if you're not willing to communicate. So Jesus had to go through fasting. Pastor Mark talked about that. Uh, And then in Luke 4, 14, it says, when Jesus returned from his 40-day fast from the desert, it says, Jesus returned, what, Luke 4, 14, in the power, not power, You got to understand when you read something. The article, the, means one, the significant, the highest one, the best one. When Jesus required, what? In the power of the Spirit, because remember, he's doing all these miracles in Galilee and stuff through the power of the Holy Spirit, not Christ's Spirit, because he wasn't allowed to use that. And there went out a fame about him throughout all the region around. Now, how do you and I attain wisdom? We pray. We remain committed to learning. If you're not growing your, Proverbs 1.5 says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. If you're not increasing the learning of the word, you're not growing. You're existing. Actually, you're backsliding. Doesn't mean you'll miss heaven. This means you're not moving forward and it's not fun not moving forward. And a man of outstanding understanding shall what? Attain attain to wise counsel. They're gonna take wise counsel. You cannot grow in wisdom if you're not addicted to learning. It just won't work. You're just going in a circle. You gotta be addicted to learning. That's why we do these immersion events now. We're getting ready to do our third one coming up in a couple of weeks called our vitality event it costs a little bit of money not much cover your lunch and a few other things and and it starts at nine in the morning it's done at six and people go, oh my god nine to six. but how many of y'all been through it jump up and say yes if you've been through it jump up and say yes, yes. And, and see see it's how has it changed your life in any way yes. you know what people come out on a saturday from 9 to 11 i think they're addicted to learning and God just said, you're, you're not going to get it if you're not addicted to learning. Well, I'm busy. I got to do this. I don't know anything that's more important than learning something that could change your destiny forever. Yep. I mean, you take sick days, right? You don't have to lie. You're just sick of being at work that day. That's all. And get in there. Amen. Then go back and work overtime free or something. So bad. He said, I'll rebuke that, Pastor. So, Fasting, Here and we're getting ready to pray here in a minute. Fasting is a covenant force, a covenant force. It's like we have our covenant membership. Hey, we got almost 30 signed up for membership. I can't wait for the next class here in a few weeks. So you, you need to get out there and get signed up for it because it's not membership, it's covenant membership. So fasting is one of those covenant forces that work on your behalf. A covenant force, what, to strategically, fasting is a strategic releasing of God's knowledge and wisdom into your life of things you need to know. And and through that knowledge and wisdom in God, it enables you to release God's power from your life, right? When you allow God's power inside, remember Ephesians, God's power inside you to work and you use it it, but You become a mirror just like God, his imagio, working in the church. Man, if we worked one-tenth as hard in the church as we did at our jobs. I'm not saying you got to be here 40 hours a week, but if you're here an hour serving, what if you serve just as diligently and hard and put like 40 hours effort in that one hour serving with excellence? What if you put that time to learn and to grow? One hour in church, you get about an hour preaching. That's about all you're getting, if that. and What if you just took that and you put it up there like it's the most important thing you could find to get your next promotion? Like it relies on it. Because guess what? Your eternal promotion does rely on it. Doesn't matter how long you've been in this thing. Doesn't matter how many good things you've done. It's what you're doing right now. So when you combine fasting with prayer and faith and the word, that's the combo that breaks the things Jesus was saying. This one only comes out but by prayer and fasting. That's how Jesus helps our unbelief. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? Prayer is what? Communing, conversing, communing, conversing, and asking receiving from God. Matthew 6, I don't have time to read it all, but verse, being verse 9 it says, Then this then, Jesus said, then this is how you pray. How do you pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What now? Your kingdom come. What? Your will be done. Where? Are there any sick people in heaven? Any offended people in heaven? any broke people in heaven so how is your image how do you reflect God in the church because if you can't walk in unity then you're not reflecting God you're reflecting the god of this world not God if if you can't walk in agreement then you can't be part of a breakthrough because God said, where two or more agree, I'm in the midst of them. Well, I just agree with the Holy Spirit. No, you're just rebellious and a loner and isolated, and you'll keep getting what you've always got, nothing, except trouble. Here, I need to say it to every section, because there's always somebody in every section. <laughs> the know-it-all, but where's the action? I'm so anointed. If you've got to come and tell me you're a prophet, don't waste your breath. You got to come and tell me, you know, you're anointed preacher of the gospel. Come on. If I got to go in and announce who I am all the time, am I anything that I think I am? And here's, here's the thing. It's not my identity anyway. Pastoring an apostolic call in my life is an office in God's kingdom. But it doesn't replace the greatest thing in my life, being a son in God's kingdom. Just like ministry, Parker's coming up in ministry here. I don't know how, what Pierce, if he'll ever really be in ministry. I know he'll be in some kind of ministry somehow. But Parker's, you know, leading our youth and stuff, pastoring our youth. But we don't allow ministry stuff to come between father-son relationship. Well, you know, you got to put God first. Yeah, I got to put God first. If I do, that means I love my neighbor as myself. If I got to love my neighbor as myself, I better love my son as myself. And if I got to love them as myself, that means sometimes I got to choose to be wrong even when I'm right. And he does as well to keep unity. Because if we don't have unity, neither one of us will be anointed. No, I'm preaching to him, I'm preaching to you because we got great right, break right a lot of people make that excuse. Well, you know, I just got to do this because God said. I, your wife don't agree with you going into some full-time ministry. And you're, uh, well, God said, honey, you know, we got to put God first. No, you don't put God first for ministry. That's a position. What it's saying, you put God first in your relationships with him. Is this helping anybody? A lot of people use the God card. Well, the Lord called me, the Lord told me. You're in rebellion. I refused to leave the ministry I was in for nine years, making a great salary, national ministry, 12,000 people a week in church, get to fly around and do great things. You know, having a three-piece, you know, not a cheap suit, let's put it that way. Pretty good life going. And then God said, it's time to come to Lexington, Kentucky, And take our life savings and our one year old son and rent a bingo hall over on Alexandria Drive and put it all in it. Without a salary, without anything, we had a year's worth to make it. Now, if I just did that because it was a good idea, look out. But I did it because I had such a relationship with God, I could not do it. Am I called to ministry? Can you do anything else? I mean, can you wash cars? Scrub floors, you know, teach in school. I don't, well, I'm a teacher. So what? Hopefully everybody's a teacher, teaching your children and people around you. That doesn't mean you're in an office as a teacher. Now, I'm not discrediting preaching to God. I think every, every one of you are called to preach, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover and all that. It's just when people get all caught up in titles and they push their family aside. I'm not worried about you. I'm a big boy. I can handle you. See? Yeah, you won't be the first one to come and go around here. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> I think it might have been some this week. Who knows? But good luck. But there's some that leave that are blessed, and I can really release my covenant on them and watch them multiply, and they're healthy, and they got great ministries. But it doesn't matter if it's me or Pastor Don Atkins or Pastor John Weese over here. It doesn't matter which office it is. It's God's order. That's what ordaining means. If you can't set under a covering, then you're out of the chain of command. You could be a general and go to jail if you break command. So why is it, it, and that's the way the kingdom, why did I get on that? I don't know, but I am. (laughs) Okay, Lord, tell me later. So the purpose, I'm gonna end with this and pray. The purpose of fasting is to release power, God's power in your life. And what I want you to do over the next seven days during this time of fasting, setting yourself aside, setting yourself apart I want you to, to determine some things you're believing for. That's fine. Just write it down. Don't think about it anymore. Just don't think about it. Just put down, I'm believing I have faith to see that come to pass. But here's the main thing. You want to know what you don't know yet. You want to see what you've never seen yet. You want to hear what you've never heard yet. You want to divine, a theos encounter with God is what you want. You know, a lot of people immature, they just want their way. They want to they hear you say yes to what they told you they wanted. What if you just said yes to what God showed? Then finally, even as we're going into this vitality event, uh, nothing's free. And I'm not talking about the event now, but vitality means wholeness, vigor, life. And we're coming into this, and we're going to teach you about how to walk in the power and the anointing and the energy and all the things you need to do and some tools to help you. But the Scripture teaches us, too, that, that we're to walk in this vigor, this energy. How you do it? Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. So there's a few of you have paid attention. Some of you tried to hang on and I went long and you're hot, tired, whatever. But there's a small group that probably heard most of what I said today. And others hopefully heard enough. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear toward my words. Do not let them... Out of your sight, keep them within your heart. My son, pay attention to what I say. He said it twice. Turn your ear again to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Then he says, keep them within your hearts, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Fasting is opportunity for you to walk in the full life of the messianic order of Christ, to walk in the full life and revelation of God's glory, presence, and power. It's an opportunity for you to access the tools you need, the knowledge you need to release the power of God that's in you. You won't ever get any more of God. He can't outdo himself. He already did it. But what you can do is learn how to access more of God. He's not out here. He's not up there. The power he gives you the dunamis power is in here. But as you get your hearing and your seeing in order, so God during this next seven days can download some things to you. That means every day, start your day. If it's 15 minutes, with some prayer. One of the things I am gonna do, and Trav, if you can, put it on the screen. For the next seven days, I'm gonna, it'll be probably, I'll have to do it early. So it'll probably be around 6.30 or so. I'm gonna release I'm going to come on Facebook live, and we'll do it on our web page. I mean, our Facebook page. They're going to put it up here in a minute. How, if you you got to ask to belong. So if you ask, we'll let you in. So it's not just out on all general pages. There's like 300 or 400 in it, and you can get a, you can be a part of. It. It's not a webinar. That's nice. I guess that's for something else. Goals Replay. You can get Goals Replay, but I'm not promoting Goals Replay right now. I'm promoting how they can get signed up on our Facebook page, Bethlehem Harvest Church. How to join is on there. Okay, so you can join on the Facebook group. You can do that or you can just go online to Facebook and do it. But get on the Bethel Harvest Church group page, not just our home page, our group page. And when you come on that, you're going to be getting nuggets and teaching all week, 10, 15-minute teachings, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you some prayer directives to pray over to keep you focused and targeted on your journey with God. Amen.